Hello, and welcome to episode 339 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. In this episode, we have an interview with Kevin Alvar, comics creator with Lisa Cheeseman from Top Shelf Comics. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there, and uh, the title is Lisa Cheese and the Ghost Guitar Attack of the Snack. I'm a fan. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Noah. Uh, Kevin, yeah. we're super excited to have you on. Um, normally, when we have somebody on, we, we start off with a quick bio and a, an elevator pitch before we get into the, the, the meat of the interview. So could you start us off with both of those? My bio? Um, well, right now I have COVID. Um, <laughs> uh, and um, so, yeah, my name is Kevin Elvier. I'm a illustrator, cartoonist. Uh, what does my... I have the copy of the book here, too. Let me... Let me read my bio. Um, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm from Brooklyn. I'm just going to give you the highlights. Um, I've done some like illustration work for like Funnier Die and stuff on HBO and Will Ferrell and uh, and I make comics, as you know. And this is my debut graphic novel for Top Shelf. And uh, oh my gosh, yeah, is that good? <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. That's an awesome bio. We just need the now. All we need is the the elevator pitch, and we're ready to go. Okay, elevator pitch. Okay, I think like um, I think my easy one that I've been saying it's kind of like if Jack Kirby does Adventure Time, but then it's kind of morphed into Thor by Jack Kirby meets Lena Dunham's Girls. Very cool. Yeah, uh, that's a good pitch. Having read the book, I think that. Both are very accurate. Yeah, so kind of like if you can like throw those all in a blender, I think that would probably sum up my work the best. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Uh, so Noah, um, why don't you lead us off for the, the first interview question? Yeah, so I had a long drive this afternoon slash evening, so I just looked up your name on podcasts, and I, and I found one from like 2021, an interview, and um, on that, you talked about how you've been drawing a comic with Lisa Cheese for a while. Yeah. Um, that was a webcomic, though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even uh, there was even like an earlier version of it, like a little bit before then, too. Wow. And so but but was it during the pandemic that you decided to start drawing comics seriously and posting them online? Or had you done that before? Um, yeah, I would say during the pandemic, I decided to take it more seriously, or at least like try to like tell like a longer form story. Um, before I was just kind of like drawing like comics sort of like in my like spiral bound notebook, you know, and uh, when the pandemic happened, I like lost my office job. And I had like a lot of free time on my hand and on my hands. And uh I just thought, why not uh, try my hand at like trying to write a story and tell a story? And so, yeah, um, so I've been doing that. That's awesome. Was uh, where did the idea of a unicorn with a cyborg arm come from? Well, initially, when I drew this comic and during one of my temp jobs, I was just kind of like doing like some sort of like I don't know kind of bitching about like working at an office job and write like drawing this in like a, a notebook 
and it not like Dilbert or anything, but just like, just like, I don't know, this character of like a pony that like had office wear on and uh, I did that for a bit and then that kind of got tired or I, I kind of just forgot about it. And then uh, probably like eight years later or like once 2020 came around, I, uh, I don't know, she sort of came into my mind again. And this time like a pink turtleneck and a cyborg arm seemed really appropriate. I guess maybe I just felt like since the office comic to to that point i don't know there was something that felt very like battle-worn you know like i'd lost an arm i was just kind of over it in a way <laughs> so yeah that's, that's like kind of where the inspiration would come from at least it's like in the 2020 side of things yeah that's an awesome yeah is the uh is the is the Kirby influence more of like the the wacky sort of storytelling, like putting like things together that like on the surface level probably don't make a lot of sense, but when they all come together, it's sort of, um, you know, it sort of makes sense. Is is that sort of the the core the, core, the Kirby inspiration? I was kind of thinking of it. Well, I mean, I didn't really quite think of it that way, but I I would say like kind of more of just like the ink. And like the okay. very like dynamic, you know, punches and yeah, and things like that. Um, but you know, now that you say like these really disparate like sort of ideas, uh, I guess that comes into play too. Nice. Yeah, that's an interesting way of looking at it, Matt. I like that that observation because when I was reading Lisa Cheese, I thought it was very Adventure Time feeling. So when you brought up Adventure Time by way of Jack Kirby, but yeah, there is also that giant, and but yeah, the comics told in a very dynamic way, almost like a Marvel method uh, thing. And I, and I think I remember in the same interview, you did some classes at the the Kubert School, right, Kevin? Or what, yeah. did you? Is that is that where you learned like a lot about your like comics craft? Um, a lot of it was just kind of uh, from. Well, I mean, I went to art school as like an undergrad. And that was like 20 years ago. And um, and a lot of it was kind of self-taught and just like, I, you know, I just read comics so much as a, as a younger person. And, um, and then later on, when I became a freelance illustrator, I think I was just like able to kind of like, I don't know, when, when you get like freelance illustration jobs, they're like, hey, can you do this like style? And they're like, in the shape of like Maurice Sendak or or whatever. So you're kind of like, all right, I'll like copy that style and make it work. And anyways, I just like uh I I kind of yeah, I got really into like copying the or just really drawing a lot of inspiration from like the Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko, Bronze Age as well, um, style. So it wasn't exactly like I went to Joe Hubert and learned it. I think I just went to Joe Hubert to like, you know, kind of see like what other people were doing and like if they had any like things to share that maybe I didn't get in my formal education, like getting my like bachelor's in fine arts, you know? So um, 
that's kind of why I went to like Hubert school. That's really cool. And I, I think that that's the benefit of any kind of art school is having that, you know, play that, that ability to be able to learn from everybody around you and gain inspiration that way. It's like running with the fast, the fast group, you know? Yeah. 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 I couldn't imagine, buddy. I'm I couldn't sorry. Imagine, you, like, ages ago. <laughs> Yeah. Was there was there anybody that was in your class that uh went on to do anything in comics that would that we might know? Oh, um I had a drawing class with Anthony Marquez. I mean he was already doing stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember like seeing the stuff that he would turn in for class and being like, Oh shit. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was just like in there to like kinda, you know hone his skills or whatever um but yeah i think there's like some other person i took like one of those like uh i i did like the how to pitch a project class with dan didio um wow, nice. a lot of people that were like figuring out how to like uh put together like a, a project to pitch and i think there's like this one woman from Argentina that was in the class and I think she does like a lot of stuff for like even like Netflix too. Very cool. But, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And and with like, your with your yeah. comics background, uh did you, you know, I think every comic that I read from the the 80s had the ad with the two kids dangling over the the pit of uh, alligators. Was that like something that you I remember always seeing and I think there isn't it like the caption is like the good news is at least we got into the Kubert school. Yeah, I mean, I I remember more of like the the soldier guy like rising out of like water. <laughs> okay. And uh, I just remember always seeing that ad in like, you know, an X Factor or like whatever. And uh, but I mean, I was like too freaked out to to try to like try to even like go into school for comics art back then. Yeah. That's so cool, though. Um... What I like, though, about this, and I was really happy to hear in that interview that you went to the Kubert school, is because I, I sometimes feel that there's a, like a house style with mm -hmm. people that come out of that school, but, but you don't have that house style mm -hmm. at all in your art. And I feel like you, you're very loose with your inks. And is that something that you just feel comfortable doing? Is that this is just sort of like, is this like, a, do you feel like these comics are like a pure expression of your style? Because you'd mentioned also just having to copy other people's stuff as a freelance illustrator. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily like want to draw like John Buscema, you know, but, or Buscema, however you say it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I did want to like kind of capture like certain things that I feel like are very like iconic and like, you know, just like the very broad shoulders and like all like the accessories and like the um, all that. But I mean, I know I have a loose style, which I mean, I have like a diverse like ability and I could do like hyper realistic stuff. But, you know, I also like grew up on like indie alternative comics. Like I read like Paul Pope, THB, like when I was in high school. And I was really into that and Mike Allred. Um, so yeah, and then, I don't know, I think there was like a lot of like scratchier kind of looking stuff from like Vertigo Comics at the time. So I didn't really feel like very like beholden to like a certain like, like John Buscema or 
Sal Buscema, if you will. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, I think like I just wanted to kind of do something that was kind of like loose and cartoony. I was also really inspired by like Bruce Tim from the Batman animated series a lot. Uh, Jeff Smith, obviously. Um, but yeah. Uh, and also, like, I feel like um, as I worked on the graphic novel, I feel like, the, you know, it started out, like, very loose and kind of, like, you know, kind of frenetic. And I feel like by the end of it, it got very, like, tight. And then in the in the interim, I'm sure we'll probably talk about, like, the other comics that I do, but in between drafts of Lisa Cheese and Ghost Guitar, I'd also do, like, my other mini comics which then got like tight in their own way. So I feel like by the time I get to like book two of Lisa Cheese, I feel like it might, I mean, I'm not like walking in and being like, all right, this is gonna be like my loose like explosion of ink. Um, I think I was just kind of like trying to get like the feel or yeah. something. And I guess that's where I was with it. Yeah. That's really cool to hear because that's something that I think stops me from wanting to do like my own stuff is that is trying to nail down a style or nail down a, a way of drawing things but yeah i like how you yeah now looking through the book yeah the the art isn't like completely different at the beginning as it is at the end but it does change a bit and you know you do get more comfortable with the lines as it goes is that an accurate observation do you feel or is that a, oh yeah i mean like yeah. even as I was going through the files of it as i was like turning it in uh you know and I yeah also like because it's like indie and I didn't really feel like I was trying to like I think I was just like wanting to do like my very own comic and not have it be like I was I, I didn't really care about it being like it didn't have to look like a Marvel or DC thing yeah, yeah. and like my own thing is just very boundless you know <laughs> so yeah. I'm doing whatever it's like uh it feels like a bold statement and like a very authentic bold statement the book which i yeah. really love oh thank you yeah yeah what um, what's your like storytelling process like are you you know being a one-person shop and sort of you know handling everything are you like really detailed with your script or basically have an idea of where you want to take things and then once you get down to the page you're like you know working it out you know somebody who works like say like with noah and myself i might be like page one uh six panels you know characters a and b and you know through the six panels this is what's going to happen but you as a one-person shop you can kind of be like all right you know initially in my head i thought this was going to be four but i, I you know it's going to be less it's going to be more how do you, you handle that you know handling the story oh, and the art yeah well um, I would say that I never took any formal training in writing or anything. Um, I would say that like all my learning that come that lends itself to writing all comes from like doing improv. Like I did okay. years doing improv. So, you know, like I would go to the improv theater and I guess this was like during the time when I was kind of like, maybe I might try comedy. I don't know. <laughs> And um, I just kind of learned how to like make a story happen. So when I actually do the comics, I don't have a script. I really just sketch out like what I like, 
perceive the movie in my head to be like. Yeah. And I just kind of improvise it. And um, definitely it's great to have an editor to be there to be like, okay, you might want to add like this beat here or like have an extra page of this happen here or something. But I would say like the bones of it all was just like I... Um, when I initially worked on it, I just kind of pumped out like 90 pages of this book, like in a month, and I brought it to Chris. And it was all just pencils, but I was just like, hey, here's like the idea that I have for this book. And, you know, like, none of it's precious to me. So like, hack away, and I'll like, do it. So I wasn't like, at all, like, yeah, there was, I was not beholden to anything. I was just kind of up for like, let's just make a really cool book. That's or so cool. It's not a cool book, but just like a really fun experience for just us to have. So. Yeah. So, so Chris is your editor. Um, yeah, uh, Staros. Oh, sorry. What was the last name again? Staros. Chris Staros. Okay. Yeah. I see that at the, the, at the, 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 um, dedication at the beginning yeah. um that's great so uh is chris someone that you've, you've known for a while or is that someone that you met through top shelf um well chris is like the top shelf guy um mm -hmm. and when i was doing the web comic i was just kind of re reflecting on like oh where can i see this comic happening and i always had my eye on like top shelf comics and I never, I don't, I didn't know the culture around them. Um, I just knew that like James Kachalka like works for them. And I love James Kachalka, you know, he's like really awesome. And uh, so I was like, yeah, I want to work with Top Shelf because they do James Kachalka and that'd be cool. So I sent them like a PDF of like some collected web comics I did. And Chris wrote me back like the sweetest rejection letter. <laughs> and <laughs> He was just like, you know, we don't really have the bandwidth for this right now, but definitely keep in touch. Like, I like what you do. So, you know, be in touch, whatever. And then I got one of his solicitations for his mentorship um, thing. So I I met with him and I we talked about, like, what I do. And then he was like, you know, I think this would work great as a, a graphic novel. And I was like, all right, I'll work on that. And I worked on that. And then in the next meeting, he was like really into it. And then he was like, you know, Top Shelf would be really into this. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, um, I, I kind of felt like I could feel that happening, but you know, you never know. But, um, but yeah, so we just kind of ran with it. And um, he's kind of like the guy behind Top Shelf and kind of why everything they do put out is, I mean, outside of, like, what I do, I mean, objectively, I'm like, oh, they put out, like, a lot of, like, really cool stuff, and, like, yeah. all the, a lot of the, the cartoonists on there are, like, very interesting and, and, and whatnot, so, um, so, yeah, so that's how I know Chris. Nice. Yeah, no, well, in including your thing, because you and I met it, probably, I think I, I followed, we, we follow each other on Instagram first, and then met each other at SPX. Yeah, yeah. And, and I looked at my haul afterwards and all the graphic novels that I got were top shelf graphic novels. And that wasn't even an intention, but I just realized how much I 
didn't realize I loved the publisher. So yeah, yeah like uh, yeah, including your book. So, yeah, they're they're. I agree. Just just agreeing with you, basically. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, like, only after I was like just about done with the book did I start like looking into like what's the top shelf comics like story. I mean, all I know is that James Kachalka worked for works for them, and. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. There is like a culture around the the label or the publisher. Yeah. yeah. So you had mentioned that at one point you had taken uh, did this to Chris and it was basically all in pencils. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, at that point, I'm guessing it was easy if the, you know uh, you, you you know a story beat needs to be added or, or taken away because you haven't really fully committed to the inks. Is your process all traditional or do you do some digital art or, or maybe a combination of, of the two? Oh, it's all digital. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. So those are digital yeah. pencils that you took to, to Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So probably even easier if, uh, you know, a beat needs to be added or a beat needs to be taken away. Oh, yeah. Erasing is so easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Click the plus sign. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. What program are you using? I use Procreate. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, do you mind me asking what what brush are you using for the inks on it? Like, has that like good texture? Uh, what is it? I got it off of like True Grit Supply. Okay. Okay, I've seen that yeah. ad. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then the colors are also great too. Are you thinking about color as you're doing everything? Like, you know, uh, or like, I guess, I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming yes, you're, you're, you're thinking about every step as, as you're doing it because you're also hand lettering it too, right? Yeah, I will say, and I feel like I get the feedback that people like my colors. I would say that I don't really think about it. I just oh, kind well. of like, these are, this is like kind of what I think just looks good or like sounds right in, or like looks right in my head. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think I just like, I mean, growing up on like Mike Allred and Laura Allred's work, you know, obviously that has like a really profound effect on like my eye for color. And, but yeah, I don't, um, yeah. I never really thought about like, huh, the color. Um, <laughs> yeah, just kind of, I mean, I would certainly be inspired by like, what Laura Allred does and then definitely like you know kind of like for the color covers of like Love and Rockets mm -hmm. or like Batman the animated series like um I don't know they all have like cool color ideas when it comes to like how do you make it look like it's evening in the city and stuff like that so that's where it comes from you got those red that the red sky that's so prevalent in all the Batman the animated series oh, stuff. Yeah. 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 So dramatic. <laughs> oh yeah. So that's you had so mentioned awesome. earlier that you have a, a couple of different titles. Um let's let's talk a little bit about that um for, for a bit. What are what are some of the other titles that uh, that are out there from you? Well, the one that I'm currently like if I'm not working on Lisa Cheese, I have a comic called Cock Night. And that is my gay teenage superhero in the suburbs um, comic. You know, I saw like that last, not the Spider-Verse movie, but like the, the, 
the Marvel, the MCU movie, the Spider-Man one with like Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. um, I came out of that theater and I was like, oh my God, I would love to like do like a Peter Parker kind of like Spider-Man superhero comic. So I thought it would be cool to do like that. And then I mixed it with like, I don't know. I thought of Common Rider. I think Common Rider has like such a cool, especially that handkerchief around his neck. And then I like, I always love Shazam. So I thought to just like throw those all together and blend them into something. And then it all like revolves around like uh, him working at a magical fried chicken joint and the boss, his boss is like this sorcerer, you know, and um so he's kind of defending the good city of, uh, or the suburbs of Action Jail, um, which is kind of like a ripoff of like where I grew up, which is Annandale, Virginia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just drove. That's where I was driving by today. Drove, oh, drove sure. by Annandale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, and I, I, yeah, I see the Common Rider. I see the 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 Spider Man. But one thing that cock knight has and also lisa cheese has is the villain is very like uh lovecraftian like they're very like elder god inspired is that is that deliberate or is that sort of just like just cool villains kind of thing um i would love to know more about lovecraft i don't know that much about him i guess like uh i kind of love like a good supernatural like other dimensional wizard type of thing um, I think those are just like really cool. Um, that's kind of as far as that goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was wondering about that with uh, like Lisa Cheese with the hood, and um, I was like, oh, this is very like uh, Chambers and Lovecraftian feeling, but that's cool. Like, um, but I also wonder if that's the that's the the Bruce Tim thing because all those villains, like when they would get supernatural or magical, were very like Lovecraftian tinged like yeah. stuff. Um, I mean, yeah. I definitely love like Jack Kirby's demon work, mm -hmm. that stuff. So I, I, I tend to like, I don't know. I mean, some people kind of, I kind of love like more of the supernatural magic-y kind of, uh, sort of, uh, storytelling. So, I mean, I, I'm not too big on like cosmic sci-fi as like an expression for myself. But um, but yeah, I would say that I'm like really drawn in by like the supernatural horror. And that was that was my next question. So Lisa had her own webcomic before the graphic novel. Did yeah. Ghost Guitar have her own comic as well? She did. Um, I made like PDFs of like I have like five issues of like a Ghost Guitar comic. And those were like, I mean, those were that was like a very James Kachalkian meets H.P. Lovecraftian kind of thing. And it kind of plays like Adventure Time, I guess. But um, but yeah, she had her own webcomic. And I literally, I just brought, I had Lisa Cheese Cyborg Unicorn comics. And then I had like a ghost, the weird ass ghost guitar comic. And I brought those to Chris and he was like, you know, I love these two characters can we have them in like the same universe? And like, you know, it would be kind of like, and I was like, like a Marvel team up, like all the time <laughs> mixed with like Lena Dunham's girls, you know? <laughs> but um, so yeah, that's kind of like how they cross paths. 
and I and I think it was just because I was talking with someone about it on Saturday, but I was talking with them about Power Man and Iron Fist. Uh-huh. And I was like, at the end, I was like, oh, this feels like Power Man and Iron Fist. Yeah. yeah. Like the, yeah. The, the, the at the end of the book, not to spoil it, but that's the the exciting vibe you get by the end of the book. Yeah, I will say that like um, one of my favorite comics that I read recently was, uh, oh God, Sanford Green was the artist and David Walker wrote uh, the Power Man and Iron Fist comic, which I thought was awesome. It was only like 16 issues long, but I thought it was so good. Um, and that, yeah, I read that yeah. one. I really, I really liked that one too. Oh my God, it was so good. And that really made me like want to do something where I'm like, what if like I had these kind of poor superheroes like in this city? Yeah. He's broke and trying to figure out life and stuff. So yeah, I just, I love that one. And parents that don't accept the, I don't know, shortcomings of the child and things like that. That was so relatable. Not relatable, but I love my parents. But just it's in a very like human way, very relatable to have like someone disapproving of your lifestyle when you're not doing anything but just trying to survive. Um, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I live it. I, I mean, I get it. <laughs> I love my parents too. Um, but there are definitely like, uh, I guess like, I, I guess I'll, I'll just say spiritual, like the things that I do that make me happy that kind of don't align with like where my parents come from. So that's kind of what a lot of where that comes from. Yeah. And I think we can all relate to that in some aspect of things. And I think there's, but also the comedy of it that I love, there's a line towards the end of I think the mom, Lisa's mom says to her, like your, your furniture is made out of cardboard and you see a shot of the, <laughs> her apartment and it almost literally is. Her, like, and uh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have definitely lived that life where, like, my nightstand is just a cardboard box with, like, a digital clock on it, you know? Or, like, my, you know, it's, like, two mattresses on the floor. That's my bed, you know? (laughs) So I just really wanted to, like, capture, like, what that was. Yeah, and also the, um... So the one thing I wanted to ask you about was sort of, I feel about, about Lisa and also about Cockney from what I read is sort of the, I, I like that you're a very emotional storyteller in the sense that there's this sadness that permeates both of them, you know, yeah, and yeah. just with Cockney, it's obviously just sort of being a gay man and not having a connection with anyone. Yeah. And then with Lisa, it's the inability to be able to express herself artistically right right and and that's um is that something that you draw upon your own experiences with and you try to put those into the characters or is it like fears that you have that you you try to put into them or oh yeah, yeah. Those are lived experiences you know like um growing up gay in the suburbs I mean that's like that's like hell <laughs> so it's interesting for like or especially in the 90s um but I think that's, like, what is really interesting about, like, the character of Cock Knight is, like, you know, he seems to be, like, a heroic fast food guy who just doesn't get any respect, you know, in his suburban hometown. And, like, he kind of saves the day. And I guess I haven't, like, explored, like, the the depth and the width of that. But, um, yeah, there is kind of, like, this, like, alienation you kind of feel 
Um, and, and I think like they both kind of feel alienated in their own way. And I guess like, I just wanted to like speak to like some alienated feelings that I do have. Yeah, I mean, it comes through really well, but also in the end with Lisa, um, it's very optimistic and I love the connections that, that she forms throughout the book and it feels very, uh, that, that that's sort of the takeaway from it that left a smile on my face is sort of the found family aspect of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the joy of kind of like moving to like the big city and you're kind of like on your own and you you just end up meeting people that either I don't know that stick around and like really become like a foundation for you and then others you know maybe not so much but but yeah I definitely wanted to like capture that um that sort of like discovery yeah comes through perfectly thank you very cool so I um during the during the interview I jumped over to the top shelf site and I looked um so this book is is this book is currently out in shops right is that is that correct it is out at your local comic book store and uh online provider yeah yeah um if you go to the top shelf site is there a way to to order it directly from them because some people don't you know may not want to order from like our galactic overlords at amazon or anything uh, like that yeah they do have like um if you go to like the lisa cheese page they do have like a whole smattering of other places to order from okay or you can just like ask your like local comic book store to like order it too yeah and something like this um you know, when we have indie creators on, we talk about like a book that has Batman or Spider-Man on the cover, like that's going to sell itself to, to a shop owner. But sometimes you need to like, you need to let a shop owner know that, that this is the book that you want so that, that they can get it for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There, I mean, there are places like big planet comics um, that are very indie friendly and I'm sure there are others too that I haven't even like, scene because like you all are based in maryland right yes yeah yeah because i i think there's like a there's a big planet in college park that that's correct there is one yeah and i think there's like third eye comics or something there's like a bunch but um but yeah um yeah it might not be at like your most like like comic book store for like the big two but for your more like maybe adventurous um, comic book store, they, they will probably hopefully have it. I know I've found top shelf books at Third Eye quite a bit. I, I find their stuff there quite regularly, but also I think it's worth ordering from wherever you can get it from. And uh, uh, yeah, whether it's direct from top shelf um, or, or if you have to through Amazon, <laughs> but you know, or something like that. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Or like cheap graphic novels or yeah. Or, yeah, there's like a bunch of ways. Oh Very yeah. True. Yeah. So um I know that you have a Instagram is what are, are some of the other like could you give your Instagram handle and, and some of the other places where it would be uh cool to follow you online? Yeah, um, if you want to go to Twitter, <laughs> I still call it Twitter. Um, go to uh, at Calvir, K-A-L-V-I-R, comics with an X. Um, that's my, like, Twitter comics handle. 
And if you want to follow me um, on Instagram, I also have Calvier Comics there, but I also have like Mr. Underscore Kevin Alvier. Um, and that is kind of like a lot of my comics right now. But if I'm ever like doing like other illustration projects, like that'll be featured too. So um, Very cool. but yeah, I often post about like comics and, and whatnot. Nice. And you hinted at, uh, I think you hinted at a, a, another book in, in this series. Is that, is that right? Or maybe down, down the line sometime? Oh, like a sequel? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did get the green light for a number two book. Um, but right now I'm just like promoting sure. and in the back of my notebook, definitely like outlining <laughs> at least just like, writing the sequence of events that I would maybe like improvise. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely like working on like uh, the story for book two and definitely doing like talk night with, yeah. With, I know that we didn't ask that, but uh, I'm going to volunteer that talk night is, has like issues three and four coming out too. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I have issue two. Is there an issue one? Yeah, there is an issue one. I sold out of that. Um, I have those in PDF form. Um, I'm going to be doing some more like comic book store signings and such. So I probably should get them reprinted and have that available. And but yeah. Yeah, awesome. Uh, we would love to I have you back on issue one. Yeah. Yeah, we'd cool. love to have you. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, yeah thanks so. for having me. The, the promo the promo part is not sometimes not the most fun part of making comics but it's something that we we all have to kind of do from time to time oh i, I love like just talking about myself sure. <laughs> um in a very like you know uh exhibitionist kind of way i guess very um, cool hey, yeah thank you for coming on and doing it Man, it was great to get a glimpse into your process and your inspirations yeah. well yeah. thank you so we're going to link um i'm going to link the the top shelf page for this in the show notes for anybody listening if they want to you know pull up their pod player and scroll through the uh the notes we'll we'll make sure that we, we have that as all also with links to your ig and your i'm going to call it twitter as well to your twitter as well so people can follow you and keep up to date with stuff so we want everybody to check this awesome book out awesome well thanks so much you guys yeah, no problem. Thank you. Um, so for our outro, if you want to follow our podcast, we are on Twitter, and that is at ConstructComPod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod, and Facebook is Constructing Comics. There'll also be another couple of links in there. There'll be a link to Dying Days, which is in previews now from Red 5 Comics. Uh, I'm the creator of that, and Noah is the letterer of that book. And there'll be a free link, or I'm sorry, I misspoke there, free launch link for Zombies Were Human 2, which is coming to Kickstarter October 10th, 2023, I believe. I wrote a story that was written, I'm sorry, that was drawn by Kevin Zimmerman, who I did the, the reset comic with. So uh, other links for other comics there as well. But I uh, just want to thank everybody for, for being here. Uh, Thanks for listening. Please be safe, be nice to each other, and go out there and make some comics. Thank you.